Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) It makes me chuckle to hear myself say bonjour. I love saying it. (laughs) Yes, and as I'm recording this, the sun is just coming over the mountain here. It's a beautiful sunrise in the green mountains of Vermont. The snow is glistening. It's gorgeous. Yeah, my name is Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles, and I feel very blessed to be able to share about A Course in Miracles. So let's get right down to it and place our hands on our heart and bless ourselves, Mm, wholeheartedly blessing ourselves. So grateful and thankful to join together to recognize the wholeness and the perfection that is intact within us. We are grateful to recognize and remember that Spirit has already given us all there is to give, and we are willing to make good use of it. We are willing to be a blessing in this world, remembering that our holiness blesses the world. So the light of the Christ is awake and alive within us, and we rejoice to know it is so. We are sharing the benefits of this Christ light, of this knowing, of this willingness with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm. Yes. We're talking about section four and chapter five. It's entitled The Light You Bring. The Light You Bring. It's a beautiful and inspiring section. And let's dive right into it. So it begins with minds that are joined and recognize they are can feel no guilt. Minds that are joined and recognize they are can feel no guilt. So if we have guilt, then we must not be recognizing that our mind is joined with every mind. Our mind is the mind of God. And So the antidote to feeling guilt is to partner up, as I like to call it, to reach for that higher Holy Spirit self. And if you're new to listening to this podcast, welcome. So glad you've joined with me. We're joining together in the one mind, one life, one power, one presence. And I call the Holy Spirit the higher Holy Spirit self. Uh, I, I think of it as the voice of the I am presence, the Holy Spirit. And 
for me, that's helpful because one of the things that our mind does is it projects separation onto everything, including the Holy Spirit. So I've seen this so much in my own mind and in the conversations with other Course in Miracles students, other spiritual students, that it's a an egoic tendency to think of the Holy Spirit as being separate, but it's not separate. It's that one voice, that still small voice within each of us. That still small voice is the voice of our own true identity. And so what we're doing as Course of Miracles students is we're making a shift a transition, that word is so popular right now. So we're making the shift from identification with the body, with a small, selfish, egoic self, a separate self, to identification with that higher Holy Spirit self. We're moving from identification with a false self to a true identity. Our identity in love, in God, in spirit. And we don't have to work at it. We don't have to make it happen. So this is not a Nike situation where you just do it and you make it happen. No, it's not like that. It's allowing. It's being willing to live as our true identity. And the great thing about that still small voice for God is it is awake and alive within us, all of us. And the most gorgeous thing about it is even though it is still and small, it's calm, it's quiet, it's so much louder than the voice of ego, because it is real, it is true. So even in the intensity of ego meltdown and freak out, if we're interested, we still can hear that still small voice. And I remember back as a child, in my teens and in my 20s, And before I was a dedicated spiritual student, uh, before I read any spiritual books or heard any spiritual talks, I could hear or perceive, might be a better word, the still small voice. And I would so often get that intuitive message, don't go that way, don't say that thing, don't do that now. Uh, Don't drink that, don't eat that, don't go there. And I would disregard it, but it doesn't mean I didn't hear it. I just would disregard it because I was so entrenched in ego identification. And that listening, that perception, that intuition experience is completely and totally different for me now. And this is one of the things that I see 
consistently in the Power of Love Ministry programs, in the programs that we offer, people making this journey. And I think one way I can explain it is this. I was filled with clutter, the clutter of false beliefs. And the false beliefs were all the result of the meaning that I had made of things, my interpretations of things throughout my life, this life and past lives all accumulated to become the myriad of false beliefs that I was interpreting my experience through the false lenses that I was looking through. So the perceptions, the projections, the interpretations, the meaning-making, all of that was being filtered through this massive array of false beliefs that were also constantly the the perception perceiving life through these false lenses the effect of it was that and is for everybody that we have emotional reactions to situations because of the meaning we're making of it, the interpretation, the lens we're looking through, our perception isn't even remotely clear. Not even remotely. And so I like to give lots of examples of how I used to take offense at things where no offense was intended. And uh, I was sharing in Sundays with Spirit yesterday something about this. Um, And Sundays with Spirit is our weekly Sunday service on Zoom that we do with music, with message, with prayer. All are welcome. You just have to register for it so we can send you the Zoom link because we only send it out by email. We don't post it on the web pages. And um, but it's totally free. Anyone can join. You can go to uh, jenniferhadley.com on the events page and see the Sundays with Spirit there. Or if you are uh, signed up for my daily shot of spiritual espresso, then you would see it in there as well. So and uh, so anyway, I was talking yesterday about how I have. Uh, someone in my life who I'm very close to, who is not a spiritual student, and who um, has, as we all do, has this experience of perception and projection. And uh, actually, I have a couple of people that I'm close to in my life where I have this experience, uh, two that I can think of, two or three. And... um, the, and maybe you do too, where I might share something with them like, um, oh, did you see this in the news today about this thing? Isn't that interesting? And these folks sometimes would react to me and say, 
What, you think I'm not paying attention to the news? You think I have no idea what's going on in the world? And my thought is, uh, what I would say is, what? No. no, I just thought it was a curious thing. And you would be interested in that. And we could talk about it for a minute. I'm not saying you're ignorant and don't pay attention to the news. Why would you make that meaning of it? Now, I wouldn't actually say that to them. I'd say, oh, no, I just uh, thought you'd be interested and we could share a little conversation about it. But that's okay. We don't have to talk about it now. You know, I, 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 so that reaction that they're giving me is through the lens of somehow it triggered their sense of not being smart enough, not being good enough. Even though my comment was just very casual, hey, did you see that story in the news today? There's no sense of you ignorant fool who's not paying attention to the world uh, of effects, <laughs> you know. So that that's my experience. Now, I've had that experience a number of times over a series of years with the same people taking offense at something that, to me, no offense was intended. And if I hadn't had the experience many times, and if I wasn't conscious of what was going on, I would in turn react with offense. So, but I've had this experience many times over the course of years. So... I don't take offense. I understand that is their perception based on their beliefs, their perspective, their point of view, their interpretation, the meaning they make of it, over which I have zero control. Now, what's interesting is some of these same people that would take offense over and have taken offense over a very casual kind of a statement. These same folks that I love have come to me and said something like, did you see this in the news today? And then they go on and on and explain it to me, give it to me in great detail and become my teacher about it. Now, if I did that with them, they would be angry. They would be so angry. But I don't interpret it in the same way that they do because I'm not thinking I'm an idiot or I'm stupid or that they think I'm stupid because even if they did think I was stupid, I don't think I'm stupid. I don't think I'm ignorant. And... I can also say that generally there are so many things I do not know about. So many things. And I'm interested in many things that I don't know about. And so 
what I also can recognize in these situations when someone is explaining and explaining and explaining something without first asking me, hey, do, do you understand this? Do you know what this is about? You might be interested. They just go for it. They just start telling me and talking and talking and talking. I know that the reason they're doing that, bottom line, is that they love me and they care about me and they're trying to help me and support me in living a great life. They are absolutely not thinking for one second that I'm, I'm a moron and I don't know what, what's going on. So that's the difference in perspective and meaning-making, and interpretation. So back to this sentence. This is why I find A Course in Miracles just so crazy rich. Every minute, every sentence. Minds that are joined and recognize they are can feel no guilt. So when people have said to me, you know, you think I don't know about that? What, do you think I'm an idiot? In that moment, feeling joined with them, I don't feel guilt. I don't feel wrong or bad or stupid or any of that because I understand this is their stuff and I am here to be truly helpful. Now, of course, of course, this is not where I began. I did not start with this understanding from being when I was a child. I always knew this. No, this was hard won for me because I used to do exactly that and take offense. I probably would have said to somebody, you think I'm an idiot. That's why you're explaining this to me. You think I'm an utter moron. I can't understand things. I could easily have done that hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of times before I got the whole lesson of perception and projection, meaning-making, interpretation. And this is why, to me, this is so fundamental to working with the Course. We must forgive ourselves for causing ourselves so much misery. We have to release the judgments that we hold against ourselves, often unwittingly, unknowingly. We are not perceiving exactly how many judgments we're holding against ourselves. Because when I used to react like that, you think I'm an idiot? Or however I was reacting, you know, um, I'm stupid, you're the one who's stupid, you know, whatever I used to do, all that stuff. Then I would, whether I recognized it or not, I would judge myself for being so reactive. I would judge myself for being so spiritually immature, emotionally immature. You know, uh, I was just um, a powder keg waiting to go off at all times. And any opportunity that I could find that would set me off, I would take it. Patience held no value for me. So it was in my um, early 30s that I realized that I was ruining my life. 
I finally was getting that I had a choice. I could be patient. I could develop patience. I could, as A Course of Miracles talks about in the Manual for Teachers, in the Characteristics of God Teachers section, I could develop tolerance. And, um, but I saw no use for that. I saw no use for that at all. I'm just looking up the tolerance here. When I was was younger, patience is uh, the number eight of our characteristics of God's teachers, and tolerance is number three. God's teachers do not judge. To judge is to be dishonest, for to judge is to assume a position you do not have. Judgment without self-deception is impossible. So, God's teachers do not judge. Judgment destroys honesty and shatters trust. No teacher of God can judge and hope to learn. Here comes my kitty, Sattva. Hey, boo-boo. Yeah. Uh, So, back to the light that you bring. The light you bring. Minds that are joined and recognize they are can feel no guilt, for they cannot attack, and they rejoice that this is so, seeing their safety in this happy fact. Their joy is in the innocence they see, and thus they seek for it, because it is their purpose to behold it and rejoice. So, for instance, in those situations where people get upset, I can, not always, but most of the time, I cannot take it personally because it is not personal. It is impersonal. They are reacting to their own thoughts, beliefs, opinions, judgments, perceptions, projections. I did not install those in them, and I don't wish to foment them. So I can recognize they are misperceiving, misinterpreting, and that has nothing to do with me. But I am here to be truly helpful. I'm here to represent the one who sent me. And the one who sent me is going to lead me and guide me and direct me what to say, what to do, where to go, when to go. So I don't have to worry about what to say. I will be guided if I'm willing to be loving, to be truly helpful. So that's what I look for in those moments. What am I to say here to be truly helpful? Because I'm not interested in defending myself, because I have learned that to defend myself is to look for a justification for attack. And I don't want to attack, just like it says here. Minds that are joined and recognize they are can feel no guilt, for they cannot attack. And they rejoice that this is so, seeing their safety in this happy fact. The person who cannot attack is always safe. Those who are truly loving are invulnerable. And this, this, I remember talking about this a lot in 2020 when the pandemic was first 
outbreaks, um, early, early days of lockdown, I was talking about our being invulnerable because we're choosing to be loving, because we're focusing on being loving. So giving up all attack, all interest in attack, and instead being interested in being truly helpful, then when the person starts explaining to me, explaining to me without any sense of whether I know anything about this or not or whether I'm interested in it, they just would, what I I can do is I can recognize what's this coming from? It's coming from their love for me. This is how they can express their love for me. Maybe they can't express their love for me by saying, I really love you, I appreciate you, and so I'm, uh, I love that you're able to do this or think this or say this. I appreciate your sense of humor. You know, they don't maybe know how to say any kind of kind thing, but they're explaining things being helpful. You know, maybe cooking food, that's how they can express their love. Maybe doing an act of service, that's how they can express their love. Maybe buying a gift is how they can express their love. Maybe clearing their calendar to spend time with you is how they can express their love. But I don't have to take offense that it's not what I would like them to do. I can receive the love that is meant and sent. And that is my spiritual maturity. Oh, and it's almost time for me to take a break. Oh my gosh, we haven't even finished the first paragraph. Well, you're listening to A Course in Miracles with Jennifer Hadley. And we are going to get deeper into this. I love A Course in Miracles and I love being able to share it with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And just remember, all the episodes are listed in more than one podcast, A Course in Miracles, A Course in Miracles Archive. We've got almost 600 episodes now. Don't go away. Be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. And uh, just as I was saying at the end of the last episode, this A Course of Miracles podcast, we're coming up to 600 episodes now. Uh, we're getting there. Another month or two, a couple months, we'll have 600 episodes. So if you're looking for old episodes, if you're listening with an iTunes podcast, then uh, app, then you'll need the A Course in Miracles and the A Course in Miracles archive. And we'll probably have to do a third one coming up soon. I don't know what that'll be called yet. Now, uh, another way to do this is we're just about to launch um, a private podcast, which would be without any commercials. So if you don't want to hear any commercials and or you would like to support me in offering this podcast, we're going to offer a paid podcast, commercial free, ad free podcast, low cost per episode, and that will support the production of the podcast and um, will also support me. 
So if you'd like to do that, you can. But the free podcast will always be available with ads. So you can go ad-free or uh, you can uh, keep it with the ads. That's your choice. So I'll let you know about that as soon as that's available. Also like to remind you that you can sign up for text messages, Course in Miracles text messages. Uh, if you go to acimtexts.com or jenniferhadley.com on the events page, you can sign up for the ACIM text. They're free. You can sign up for inspirational texts from me or from uh, Course in Miracles. And uh, that's another way you can make a contribution to the ministry. If you like, you can sign up and make a contribution. But basically, you don't have to make a contribution to sign up for the text messages. Back to the light that you bring. We're in section four of chapter 25. And so minds that are joined and recognize, because all minds are joined, but if they recognize they are, they can feel no guilt, is what I was talking about from this section. And then I was also reminding us that those who are loving are invulnerable. This is another teaching of A Course in Miracles. Those who recognize that their minds are joined cannot attack, and they rejoice that this is so, seeing their safety in this happy fact. And it is a thing of great, great gratitude in my life that where I once was in attack mode all day, every day, over and over and over again, like I just couldn't stop. It was so habitual expressing my own sense of shame and guilt and a dislike of myself, a self-hatred projecting it all onto the world with my attack thoughts. That used to be my experience. Now, as I was saying, somebody's explaining something to me where they would be offended if I did that with them. I can accept it as this is how they're loving me. And I don't have to be like, hey, you know, if I did that to you, you would be so angry with me. Because they're not doing it to me. They're offering me something. And I can see that. I can I can receive that. It's so helpful to be able to, and we can do this when we are releasing the shame and the guilt and the blame and the regret and the resentment and the hurt, actually healing the hurt at the deepest levels because we are pulling up that belief system by the roots and it leaves no trace, my friend. It does not leave a trace. When the Holy Spirit does the healing, which all we have to do is be willing, when the Holy Spirit does the healing, it is pulled up by the root. Things that I struggled with for decades do not have that anymore. I can remember that I used to have it, and I can vaguely remember how upsetting it was but it's gone. And that's why 
I am so excited about doing this work together every day of my life. My excitement does not diminish, it only grows because it works. It works and we can do this work together and it is happy making, it is joyous. And that's what he says here. They rejoice that this is so, seeing their safety in this happy fact that they can no longer attack. Their joy is in the innocence they see. The innocence they see. I can see my loved ones, my friends, in their innocence. In their innocence. Where their mind is in this moment, they cannot help but project I get that. I get that. I'm here to be truly helpful, not to take it personally. It's not meant personally, not even remotely personally, because I just see now when I get triggered into an attack thought, it has nothing to do with anybody else. It never has anything to do with anybody else, ever. And I use that word carefully because in our Christed nature, it's not possible for us to take things personally. So the only way that I could take something personally is I have forgotten the truth of who I am. I have forgotten my innocence. How do I remember my innocence? I recognize it in my brother. If I'm not willing to recognize it in my brother, I won't be able to see it in myself. That is the way this world works. This is how the undoing happens. And when we can see the innocence in our brothers and sisters, no matter what is going on, we will weep with gratitude. Weep with gratitude. I used to weep with gratitude all the time. Now I've gotten used to it, and I know there's no going back. So I my gratitude is still tremendous, but the old tears of sadness have, have uh, largely faded away. If you listen to old things from 10, 12 years ago with me, you'll hear more tears of gratitude. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, their joy is in the innocence they see, and thus they seek for it, because it is their purpose to behold and rejoice it. So this section, twenty-five, chapter 25, section 4, The Light You Bring, is so much about our purpose in the world. Our purpose is to be truly helpful. Our purpose is to recognize the innocence in ourselves and our brothers and sisters. And our purpose is to forgive, because... The forgiveness, the release of the attachment to the judgments and the meaning we made of things, the release of the attachment to our interpretations and perceptions and projections, that's how we get to be truly helpful. Doing that, there's nothing more important, there's nothing we could do in the world that is more important than partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit self and being willing to let these patterns dissolve and resolve permanently back to the root cause. Nothing is more valuable. Nothing is more helpful. And nothing will heal your mind, heal your body, heal your life, your relationship, your finances, your creativity. Everything you got will be healed through this simple 
practice. Jesus says it over and over and over again in a couple thousand different ways. It's in every part of A Course in Miracles. The same thing over and over and over and over again. It's actually incredibly creative how many different ways it is said. Hmm. So our joy comes from, literally, it does come from looking for the innocence in our brothers and sisters, being able to see beyond the clouds to that clear, sunny blue sky that is always there beyond the clouds, always remembering that the clouds are part of the illusion, so the False beliefs are the clouds that are part of the illusion, and we don't have to focus on them. That is not what we're about. We're about seeing the truth, knowing the truth, rejoicing in it. So thus we seek for it because it is our purpose to behold it and rejoice. Everyone seeks for what will bring him joy as he defines it. It is not the aim as such that varies. Yet, it is the way in which the aim is seen that makes the choice of means inevitable and beyond the hope of change unless the aim is changed. And then the means are chosen once again as what will bring rejoicing is defined another way and sought for differently. So, Everyone seeks for what will bring him joy as he defines it. So let us seek for joy the way the Holy Spirit defines it. Let's listen to that one voice. Let's remember the truth. I'm willing to remember the truth about joy. I'm willing to live a joyful life and to remember How? Holy Spirit, walk with me, talk with me every minute of the day. I'm no longer interested in thinking I know what will bring me joy because it has been proven to me 50 million times that I do not know what will bring me joy. So let me stop pretending that I do know. Take your hand. Of course, God doesn't have a hand. Holy Spirit doesn't have a hand. But you know what I mean. I take your hand. Let me walk in the love of God as the love of God. For this is my destiny. Hallelujah! I am waking up. I am waking up. I'm remembering the truth and it is setting me free from my false perceptions, projections, and beliefs. Hallelujah! Let's continue on here. Perception's basic law could thus be said, you will rejoice at what you see because you see it to rejoice. So we are shifting our way of being. Instead of looking for the things that make us unhappy, instead of looking for the things we don't like, Instead of looking for the things that we can complain about that threaten us and worry us and scare us, we start looking for the opportunities to extend love. 
to see the perfection, to see the innocence, to stand in the light of joy. Yes. So perception's basic law could thus be said, you will rejoice at what you see because you see it to rejoice. Now, think of times, because this goes both ways with what we could call the negative or the positive, although everything is neutral. So, for instance, haven't we all had experiences where we rejoiced to find fault with somebody. We rejoice to find that someone has let us down and disappointed us. We've rejoiced at the negative. We we see someone doing something unloving in the world and we go, you see, I knew it. Look at them. We rejoice to have something to complain about. Or we can rejoice because there's something beautiful that's occurring and we are able to recognize it. We can rejoice that someone who might be challenged and having a difficult time, that person might be us, but we're more awake than we were before. Oh, I can see now that I didn't have patience then. I can at least see that. And I can mentally do a do-over, mentally practicing, what if I had had patience in that moment, how would this moment be different? So not going back and looking for things to shame myself for, but training my mind to look for the opportunities to be patient, to be kind, to be generous of heart. He says, and while you think that suffering and sin will bring you joy, so long will they be there for you to see. Yep. If that's what you want to look for, that stuff will always be there. And this is one of the things I notice is I listen to the news. I see the prayer opportunities and I am less and less judgmental of what people are doing or not doing in the world. And I can hold the information and look for the ways in which the darkness is being brought to the light. So instead of looking at, let's say, the war in Ukraine as being a horrible, horrible, bad thing, I'm, I'm not going to see it as a good thing, but I am going to see it as the darkness is being brought to the light and knowing that that is occurring, that because of what's going on in the Ukraine now, somehow, some way, God's infinite grace will use it for the good of all, for the good of all. I'm willing to see that, to know that. He says, nothing is harmful or beneficent apart from what you wish. It is your wish that makes it what it is in its effects on you. So you don't see what you want. You see what you're looking with or through. If you're looking to find fault, if you're looking for threats, you will find that. If you're looking for reasons to rejoice over more peace, more love, more joy unfolding in the world, 
that's what you'll find. You will find what you're looking for. Because you're looking in your mind, not in the world. We take what we see in the world and we give meaning to it. We interpret it. It's all neutral. Nothing is harmful or beneficent apart from what you wish. It is your wish that makes it what it is in its effects on you. So talking about the experiences with people who uh, react and they're upset by what I said, it's not what I said that upset them. It's their interpretation of it. Likewise, if someone uh, is offering me something that I don't really want, I can still receive it with joy, with love. I can receive the energy with which they're offering it to me. I've had in my life, I'm sure I've talked about this several times before, I've had in my life, sometimes people take offense and... uh, and I, I gave recent examples, but sometimes people take offense at something and they literally will say, do you think I'm an idiot? Something like that. And I could say back to them, have I ever indicated that I think you're an idiot? Like, when did I indicate that? Well, why did you just tell me that? Well, Because I didn't know if you knew about it or not. I just thought you might be interested. But I don't think you're an idiot. So I don't have to teach them. I don't have to go to why why did you think that and dig in deep because they may feel way too vulnerable. If they're reacting like that, they do feel very, very vulnerable. Now is not the time. But you can say things like, do you... Do you think I treat you like you're an idiot? Is that my normal way? Well, no, no, it's not your normal way. Oh, so something's going on right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I'm having a hard day at work and blah, blah, blah. So then they don't have to apologize. That is not necessary. But you can extend compassion, you can extend love, and then they will know that you love them and you respect them. And we can do this with total strangers. It is the way to go. It is the way to bring the darkness to the light. Because you choose it, whatever it is you choose, as a means to gain these same effects, believing them to be the bringers of rejoicing and of joy. So whether you decide to take offense or to extend love, he's saying you choose what you choose because it will bring you joy. And so there, and he's indicating this perverse joy that we feel, the delight that we <clears throat> sometimes feel at discovering other people's mistakes or foolishness or whatever it might be. So we can jump on them and criticize them. There are many people who take joy in finding fault, and Lord knows that was me. Because I felt so insecure, if I could find fault with others, 
I thought I could feel better about myself, but of course it does not work. Finding fault with others only increases our sense of shame and our sense of wrongness and badness and unlovability. He says, even in heaven does this law obtain. The Son of God creates to bring him joy, sharing his Father's purpose in his own creation that his joy may be increased, and God along with his. So that's the thing. In every moment, we're making choices based on what we'd like and what we'd fear. So our job as A Course in Miracles students is to bring things to the light, to recognize that things are neutral, and to not take things personally. And this is a powerful practice and discipline that helps clear out the misperceptions, the false beliefs, the meaning we've made of things in the past. I call it taking out the trash. This section is so small, but it's so rich. It's just a page and a half. He says, this is paragraph three now, again, chapter 25, section four. You, maker of a world that is not so, take rest and comfort in another world where peace abides. This world you bring with you to all the weary eyes and tired hearts that look on sin and beat its sad refrain. From you can come their rest. From you can rise a world they will rejoice to look upon and where their hearts are glad. In you, there is a vision that extends to all of them and covers them in gentleness and light. And in this widening world of light, the darkness that they thought was there is pushed away until it is but distant shadows far away, not long to be remembered as the sun shines them to nothingness and all their evil thoughts, evils and quotes, all their evil thoughts and sinful hopes, sinfuls and quotes too, because there's no such thing except in the perception of this world, all their evil thoughts and sinful hopes, their dreams of guilt and merciless revenge, and every wish to hurt and kill and die will disappear before the sun you bring. The S-U-N, the light you bring. That's the name of this section. Would you not do this for the love of God and for yourself? For think what it would do for you. Your evil thoughts that haunt you now will seem increasingly remote and far away from you. And they go farther and farther off because the sun in you has risen that they may be pushed away before the light. They linger for a while, a little while, in twisted forms too far away for recognition and are gone forever. And in the sunlight you will stand in quiet, in innocence and wholly unafraid, completely unafraid. And from you will the rest you found extend so that your peace can never fall away and leave you homeless. Those who offer peace to everyone 
have found a home in heaven the world cannot destroy, for it is large enough to hold the world within its peace. And this is my experience, truly, that, and I say this from time to time, I can't really remember anymore how upset I used to get, how pained I used to feel, how afraid, how worried, all that stuff. I I remembered that I had it, and I have a vague memory of how it feels, and I can relate to it, all of which is helpful to me as a teacher and a counselor, but I don't remember it in the way that I identify with it. I, I, it's not part of who I am anymore. This is why I love what I get to do in the Power of Love ministry, in my life, in the world, in my experience. And what I see over and over and over again for the people in our programs is those who are willing to practice this. And in the beginning, it is intensely challenging for most people. It is quite difficult, but it gets easier and easier because the more we take out the mental and emotional trash, we can all breathe more freely. We're not getting triggered all the time. And it really works to give the Holy Spirit the heavy lifting of figuring out how to get this stuff out of our consciousness, our awareness. So that what I see is the people who are doing this every single day of the week, I bear witness to the folks in this ministry who are working A Course in Miracles practices, truly living A Course in Miracles, walking the talk, living the love. They are seeing their primary relationships shift and change and improve. And all kinds of miracles, people who haven't spoken to each other in years, become reunited. They forget what they were upset about. It doesn't matter anymore. They People who have had chronic pain, that chronic pain heals. It's not true Everything is not true for everyone all the time in the sense of not everyone has immediate miraculous results. Some do. I mean, I I definitely have witnessed people who have had very chronic and difficult issues of multiple kinds. So this one's got uh, issues in their gut. This one's got issues in their neck. This one in their back. This one in their legs. This one in their hands. You know, this one in their finances. This one in their marriage. This one with their child. This one with their job. The healing is happening in the most beautiful ways, and it's noticeable, it's palpable. So this is what is possible for us. Mm. I'd like to mention, it's almost time for me to go here, I'd like to mention that we have this beautiful Course in Miracles class with Karen J. Gardner, Saturday, March 11th. At the end of the month, we have the... Self-sabotage challenge. If you know you're getting in your own way, if you have issues of medication, uh, self-medication, drinking, what, whatever it might be, food, any of these issues, these programs can help. I invite you to check out the details at jenniferhadley.com 
go to the events page. You'll see everything there. We're grateful and we're thankful to place our hand on our heart and wholeheartedly partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. We're letting the past go. We're shifting our perception. We're taking out the trash and we're allowing ourselves to know the truth that sets us free. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Wow.